0: Hi there, this is Kathy from Rock Your Retirement. I've been featured on other podcasts over the years, so I thought I'd let you have a listen. It will give you an opportunity to hear other shows that might interest you. Enjoy!
1: One of the challenges of early retirement is finding affordable health insurance. Enter health shares, a more cost-effective option for some. Kathy Klein of Rock Your Retirement joins Roy and I to break down what a health share is, who might be interested, and what a health share is not. Kathy then joins us for our beer segment. A self-described craft beer newbie who is comfortable with standard light lagers, Roy and I take Kathy out of her comfort zone with Stone Brewing's Go-To Session IPA. Welcome to the Retire Hobby Podcast with Ted Carr and Roy Weinberg. Before we join Kathy, I have a brief programming note. In order to maintain Retire Hoppy's crap beer standards, I had to beep out certain words from the beer segment. Hi, Kathy. I want to welcome you to the Retire hobby podcast. I'm here with my co host, Roy Weinberg.
0: Hi, Roy. Hi, Ted. Thanks for having me on the show.
1: Kathy, can you um, tell us a little bit about yourself for those of you who are uh, not familiar with you and your awesome website, Rock Your Retirement?
0: Well, I am a semi retired financial advisor. I was a financial advisor for 25 years, and I mostly retired. I retained a few a few clients, but I don't take on new clients. And I started a show called "Rock Your Retirement," and basically, that show talks about the non-financial issues of retirement. And I've been doing that since 2016, and having a grand old time.
1: In our episode with Steve from Think Save Retirement, he said, "Well." we use what's called a health share i wanted to go deeper into health shares and i thought of you because you have an insurance background we'll start in with what is a health share ministry
0: i do sell medicare insurance so that's sort of my background on health insurance a couple years ago i actually looked into a um, health share ministry for myself there's not a lot of them because i think they had to be in business before 1999. And I looked into it, and I was seriously considering it. What I do know about health shares is that you have to be a Christian. And they make you sign documents saying that you're going to live to Christian standards. It depends on what you're asking what Christian standards are, right?
2: There's a lot of different varieties of Christianity out there.
0: Exactly. And so you'd have to look at the document that they're asking you to sign to make sure that you can actually do that. Let's say that you had an extramarital affair and you wound up with an STD. Well, that's not going to be covered.
1: What do you two uh, health share?
0: The health care sharing ministries are not insurance. They have different rules than insurance does. So, for example, my, I have a condition called dystonia. And what that means is, is every three months, I have to go to a neurologist to get Botox, that neurology appointment would not be covered. I didn't look into Liberty, I was looking at the largest one, I believe in the nation is called MediShare. They have about 250,000 people in their group. And I think the total in the United States for these sharing ministries is about 500,000. So when I was looking, I wanted to use one that was big you know I want to make sure that they weren't going to go out of business right but the fact that my neurology appointments wasn't going to be covered was you know was kind of a block for me and then also I have high cholesterol so I wasn't a hundred percent sure that if I had a heart attack that it wouldn't be covered <laughs> you know?
2: yeah. but you know
1: life is a pre-existing condition
0: well when you're younger you don't have them, right so
1: it's right yeah. well you think about Steve he's 30 something right so he's like yeah we're healthy. We're looking for affordable insurance. This makes a lot of sense because the price comparison between, like, we can get through the exchange and a health share, it's, it's huge. They're not health insurance. You pay a certain amount each month, similar to a premium, but in this province, is called a sharing amount. You have an unshared amount or personal responsibility where you can use the HSM to help pay your bills, just like a deductible. There are maximum eligibility amounts that determine how much money you can request for individual expenses hsms have an additional sharing option that you contribute money usually directly to other members once they've reached this limit to help them with uncovered costs
0: that's right so this is how it was going to work when i was looking into it so i would pay i think it was it was around $300 a month for me, and I currently pay around 500 So it was gonna be a significant savings. And then you got to pick the deductibles, which were also significantly less than the deductible that I have now. I'm like, okay, well, this looks really good, and I'm, I happen to be a Christian. And I try to live Christian values, you know, but I'm not perfect. It's my experience that not one person alive is perfect. So I was looking into it, and basically how it works is like this, Ted. Let's say all three of us, Roy, Ted, and I, we're all on this sharing plan. And then we've all met our deductibles. And then let's say my $300 a month is going to go towards my insurance. But I can take that $300, and I can put it towards Ted's sleep apnea. Because every month that my bills are more than what I'm spending, my name, my actual name goes out to 250,000 members, I guess. And then those members have to decide whether or not they're going to pay my individual bill.
1: That's like crowdsourcing almost. Yeah.
0: That's exactly what it is. I don't know that I want my name going out to 250,000 people saying I had a heart attack and I need help with the bills.
2: You're not on any healthcare sharing ministry at all then?
0: No, I'm not. No, I have a regular HMO plan.
1: If you're paying a lot of money for private insurance, health share is worth looking into if you're if you're relatively young and you're healthy, you don't have a pre-existing condition and you can uh, sign up for all of the different requirements when it comes to your values and your religion. And- That's right.
0: You have to live by their standards. So let's say you're a Christian, but you go to a party and you have one too many drinks and you get into an accident, your bills are not going to be covered. So if you can live to the standards of the Bible, I mean, not all Christians live to the Bible, right? And so just because you call yourself a Christian doesn't mean that you are going to be covered. Another thing about drinking, let's say that you have liver disease, Okay, I don't think that would be covered if it was caused by your drinking. Just want to, that's Mr. Grant, in case you heard that. I heard yeah. That's my bird right now. He's on my lap because he was making a lot of noise right before this the show started. Is he covered? <laughs> Are you covered? No, he's not covered. He, he's wearing a poncho, though. Do you see that poncho?
1: Yeah, very nice. So let's summarize. What do you see as the pros of health shares? Cost.
2: What do you see as the uh, con?
0: you're restricted in your lifestyle and and as far as I know you have to sign off that you're a Christian let's say you're Jewish but you go to synagogue I don't know that that
1: counts wow. some other things that um, are sort of cons is you can't use a health spending account I didn't realize that because it's not insurance there are oh, lifetime limits like about uh, the Liberty HealthShare family plan costs 449 a month but there's a 1 million limit per incident or illness
0: Interesting. Well, I have to tell you that the MediShare does not have lifetime limits.
2: It sounds like the old insurance plans. Years ago, um, I had RK surgery on my eyes because I was mm-hmm. nearsighted and I didn't want glasses anymore. And when I had insurance after I retired and stuff, they said, well, we won't cover your eyes. I said, well, why do I have insurance then?
1: Interesting. If you're young, you are one of these folks that want to retire early and you don't want to pay the higher Obamacare premiums. This may be worth looking into, but I think if you've been in the workplace for a while, you're used to good insurance, this may be a little dicey for you and you, you might be better served by paying the additional money for um, the Affordable Care Act uh, insurance through the marketplace.
2: Well, you know, since I don't have one of these plans,
0: Right you're allowed to drink you're just not allowed to drink <laughs> yeah. to excess
1: but I think at this point you've probably exceeded your biblical requirements when it comes to <laughs> alcohol consumption so at this point I, I would just say I let's... guess he's not perfect anymore <laughs>
0: not. are we going to we moving to the next phase of the show
1: Kathy, our guests always get to choose the beer. Am am I correct in assuming that you are maybe new to the world of craft beer?
0: Well, the funny thing is I live in San Diego. Isn't that like the capital of craft beer?
1: That's one thing to be positively associated with with San Diego. But for you (laughs) yourself, where, where are you when it comes to your craft beer cred?
0: I would say I'm a, a newbie. Like on a scale of one to a hundred, I'm a one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Not a one point one.
0: No. Probably a point
1: nine. <laughs> Just a little backstory here. When I spoke with Kathy and we were talking about the beer segment, she had made a suggestion of a style of beer that we had already addressed in previous episodes, you know, sort of those American lagers. Okay. So I thought, well, you know, maybe we could do something that's similar, you know, where it's, it's a lower ABV, but it's a step up in terms of the flavor and aroma. So I said, why not try... A session beer. So here's a little background of what one theory is about, about where the Wait, term... Wait, it's
0: not a beer that you drink in one session?
1: No. It's, <laughs> you're on the right track, though. You're on, you're on the right, yeah, yeah, right track. save part of it for the next day. Okay, hey. here you go. Listen listen to this. Okay, the drinking session. A British expat once suggested session referred to one of the two allowable drinking periods in England that were imposed on shell production workers during World War One. Typically, the licensed sessions were 11 a.m. to 3 p.m and 7 p.m. to 11 p.m., workers would find a beer that they could adequately quaff within the restrictive four-hour sessions without getting legless or not get arrested for being drunk and disorderly.
2: I don't know if I'd be able to do that.
1: (laughs) If I wanna have a beer, I'm gonna have a beer. Okay, so so what is a session beer? A beer that contains no higher than 5% ABV, featuring a balance between malt and hop characters, and typically a clean finish, a combination of which creates a beer with high drinkability. The purpose of a session beer is to allow a beer drinker to have multiple beers within a reasonable time period or a session without, oh. without overwhelming the senses or reaching inappropriate levels of intoxication. Or what they say, leg, leglessness?
0: So I was right.
1: No, it's not just one session. beer. It's you can have more than one beer in a session. Multiple
0: <laughs> beers. Your six-pack. You can drink the whole thing.
1: Yeah, well, that's what we're going to do. Oh, no, I, I, <laughs>
2: I saw this picture once. The guy had a big belly. He said, do you think I'd look better with a six-pack? And the next picture, he was holding the six-pack of beer. <laughs>
1: That's okay, funny. so Kathy, this is technically your choice because you live in San Diego, which, where, where Stone is headquartered in Escondido, I believe.
0: Which is not very far from me.
1: So why don't you describe the can as a 16-ounce can?
0: But it looks bigger than that. <laughs> it it doesn't look like a
1: can to me. Thank God. <laughs>
0: It's yellow, and it has the stone logo, which looks like the devil.
1: <laughs> that goes well with the first segment. <laughs> I know, I'm like,
0: uh, maybe this wasn't. And then it says a vibrant, hot, bursted session IPA on it.
1: Let's simultaneously open this. There we
0: go. Sounds good. Is it gonna good. be sacrilegious if I put it in a glass? It's My favorite beer. Does that tell you how much of a beer newbie I am?
1: Gives us a clue. <laughs>
0: Mr. Grant is calling what? for s*** now, too. Mr. Grant, do you want some beer?
1: So, Kathy, you poured, we poured. What do you think of the color? Uh, it looks like beer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's down to that one out of a hundred so, <laughs> beer news.
1: So I think this color... 0.9. I think oh. it's a pale gold, Roy, What do you think?
2: Uh, yeah, pretty much, yeah.
1: The, the head is a typical white, bubbly and you, you know it's got a little bit of legs when you swirl it you know it
2: disappears it's,
1: relatively quickly. yeah that the bubbles went away so the aroma oh it actually
0: smells good this kind of tastes citrusy too do you think they put citrus in all their beer
2: hoppy beers tend to have a citrus citrusy mm-hmm. I'll write it down citrusy
1: <laughs> taste a lot of times it's 4.8% uh, ABV. the IBUs are 65
0: what does that mean IBUs.
1: International Bitterness Unit.
0: What's the maximum? 100? Roughly 100. So it's fairly bitter?
1: So this beer is an example of a beer that's very aromatic. It has great flavor, but it's not overly bitter. So here's what Stone says about their their session IPA. We'll be the first to admit that a night of subsisting solely on big IPAs can be a short one. (laughs) Enter Stone go-to IPA. Our session IPA boasting all the Gloriously bitter, citrusy, pine flavor of our bigger industrial-strength IPAs, but with a significantly lower ABV, allowing IPA fans to enjoy more of this amazingly hoppy beer over a longer session without giving up any of that gloriously craveable, botanically-driven darkness.
0: Do you want to hear what the most important thing is to me Hmm? about this beer? Yes. How many carbs do you think is in this Um, beer?
2: It's a positive number. (laughs) (laughs) What do you
0: think? I'm looking at it right now, so I'm cheating. Twelve ounces have twelve grams of carbs in it, so one ounce has one gram. Oh,
1: okay,
0: okay. And twelve ounces has 150 calories. So
1: you've been drinking more light lager, so what do you think of this?
0: I can taste the bitterness, but it's not too bitter. In other words, I would totally, I would order this beer.
2: What do you think of the aftertaste?
0: I definitely can taste the aftertaste. Like if it's between this or, I'm gonna drink. Because to me is a light, like I can drink at any time. I don't have to.
2: It's not just for breakfast anymore.
0: Yeah, I don't just drink it for breakfast.
1: (laughs) When we started out our podcast, we were inspired by people such as yourself who are maybe new to craft beer. And we wanted to sort of take them through the evolution of tastes and styles of beers. You know, if you try different beers along the way, do you change your opinion about what's a drinkable beer? So it doesn't sound like the Session IPA has changed your preference for a lighter, lager beer.
0: Not necessarily. So I was, was going to say Germany. that's a
1: long-worded question. So, it is. So is. Really, I've had I too was, much.
0: My brother lives in Germany, and I was in Germany for his wedding. And I liked the dark beers there, you know, the ones that are black or really dark brown
1: used motor oil
0: yeah i liked those used motor oil beers in in (laughs) germany they were good
1: where do you think this beer would lead to other than going back to or is it just sort of like nah i don't think ipas are my style of beer
0: i don't really understand the difference between ipas and i mean i know they taste different but i don't understand it from a craft beer
2: one's good one's not
0: (laughs) So, what do you like better? Do you like the IPA or the?
2: Yeah, I like IPA.
0: Yeah. Basically, you're saying that I'm drinking with the equivalent of
2: Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. The typical term for a lager here in the United States is American mega swill.
0: Mega swill. Okay. Well, I would say that if I'm going to drink a beer that's yellow, like <laughs> this beer, um, my preference would be. But I do like the dark beers occasionally. Okay.
1: So I think maybe, you know, for you, Kathy, uh, if Roy and I were to play craft brew educators, <laughs> you express an interest in dark beers, you know, go out and try some stouts and some porters. So I think this is a great point to wrap up. In. And Kathy, you've been a great sport in joining us for the beer segment. Being a Cheers. newbie, a 0.9 Cheers. in beer. 0.9 out of 100. <laughs> you are the kind of... Uh, is that your blood alcohol level right now? <laughs> don't test mine. <laughs> I I want to thank you for coming on (laughs) to the Retire Hobby Podcast. We had a real blast talking with you. You've been a great guest, and uh, we hope you enjoy more great beer in your future. It's good to meet you.
2: It
0: was my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: I'm sure you'll agree with me and Roy that Kathy is not only a great guest, but also a good sport. Thanks again, Kathy, for coming on to the show. You can help others find our show by sharing episodes on social media and by reviewing us on iTunes. We are on Twitter at Hoppy and we have a Retire Hoppy Facebook group, which is located under Facebook.com slash Retirement Journeys. Now, it's time to enjoy Great Beer.
0: was a guest, uh, we we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to lead podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to